Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, this is Sandy. I am the confidence, communications, and love coach for women over 40. And every Tuesday, it is my honor to interview top experts and cutting-edge authors who teach you how to attract and sustain healthy relationships. And today, I'm going to be speaking with renowned therapist, Dr. Bonnie Eker-Well, about how to get your man to fall in love with you and stay loyal to you for a lifetime. This is a show for singles and for married people. So I'm really excited to be speaking to Bonnie in just a minute. But I want you to know that um, if you are struggling with love, it is not just for the lucky ones, for the thin ones, for the beautiful ones. Luck actually has very little to do with love. And in my 10 years as a life and dating coach, what I know for sure is that if you identify and heal your unhealthy patterns from your past and honor and value all the parts of yourself, especially the parts that people told you were too much or not enough, you're going to begin to transform your love life and become the woman of value who attracts in the toe-curling epic love that you want. And I want to share with you this week's woman of value tip, which is step number 21, and that is to be vulnerable. And I know that I used to think that vulnerability was a weakness, and it's truly a strength. And if you can really connect to your love interest in a vulnerable way and not try to be perfect, but really try to be authentic and share your thoughts, share your feelings, share that you're scared, this is how we connect in an authentic way, in a deep way, and this is how true relationships are formed. And one last thing before I bring on our guest is to join my Facebook group if you're not yet in it. It is a place for positive support for relationships and dating after 40. It is called Your Last First Date, and it's only for women. So again, it's Your Last First Date. Many people come to my group through this podcast. So I hope you join us. We have almost 2,000 women in there, and I am extremely involved in the conversation to help women really go on their last first date. So um, Dr. Bonnie Eker-Weil is a renowned relationship therapist, and she has over 35 years of experience. She has a global phone-based practice and a private practice in New York City with a 98% success rate in helping individuals and couples transform their relationships. She's the author of bestsellers and New York Times Reader's Reader's Choice pick, Makeup, Don't Break Up, a book turned into a movie, Adultery, The Forgivable Sin, and Financial Infidelity, Seven Steps to Conquering the Number One Relationship Wrecker. She She is recognized for being on the Oprah show five times. Oprah also chose her as one of her top five shows in 25 years. So join me now for episode number 282, how to get your man to fall in love. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bonnie. Thank you, Sandy. And as I'm listening to you, I'm agreeing with everything you said about, you know, those ghosts in the closet that you take with you to the relationship that you're in or the marriage that you're in. It's exactly everything you said is, mm. is, is 100% correct. 
Well, I'm glad we're aligned to start. So I, I love I love the work you're doing. And I would love for you to share the mistakes that women make that are keeping the cycles of fighting and distancing or feeling misunderstood. Because I know I certainly was stuck in there when I was married, um, now divorced about 10 years. But tell us about some mistakes that women make that keep them stuck in those cycles. Well, the first mistake is that most people do not know anything about the pursuer distancer phenomenon. And uh, that is very important in a marriage and in a relationship. And you can't even get past the third date. You stop a relationship before you start if you don't understand that. So actually, one of the things that we talk about uh, with that is that the first is 80% of men are distancers and 80% of women are pursuers. And, of course, they pick each other. And a man that is a distancer, which would be the 80%, is a distancer by nature. He disconnects by nature. That's the natural inclination. Pursuer, 80% are women, like to get close and connect, and men like to get distant and, you know, connect to sports, cars, things like that. Now, the dance that goes on between the two of them creates a power struggle. And this power struggle is important to understand because every relationship moves into a power struggle, and that's when most people leave. That's a big mistake that people make. Uh, The second thing that is a problem is we pick a person that gives us the most trouble, as I mentioned, opposites attract, so you're having a pursuer and a distancer, and therefore you're in that power struggle, and it's very hard when you're in that to have a commitment going on. The second uh, part of that is that most women misread the signal that when a man distances, he really is into you. I don't believe that when a man moves away, he's not into you because his natural inclination is to disconnect. So it's kind of like what my grandmother said, you know, you catch the man till he catches you, but you chase him till he catches you. You know, you can't pursue him, but you can connect to him because he's not going to be connecting to you. He's going to be disconnecting. So that's the most misread signal, and the biggest reason that relationships stop before they start and marriages fail, because the more he acts distant, the more interested he is. And out of sight, out of mind is a cliche, because it's an important one, though, because what operates between dates and even in marriage is that the woman does need to make the first move. I know it's not fair, and I know it's not right. But if she doesn't make the first move and he's not making the first move, you're going to have nothing. So, and I've seen this in marriages and I've seen this when people are dating, that the woman is very fearful. She's been hurt before. Maybe she's a walking wounded. She's been divorced, separated, or never married. And when the man is afraid, it causes a contagion. So she thinks he's not interested And even if she's married, you know, he's shut down, he's reading the newspaper instead of talking to her. So if the woman thinks that he's not interested, you're both going to become very distant and you're not going to encourage him to start to connect. Very, very important uh, piece of information. Mm. So let's let's, uh, unpack this a little bit. First of all, I'm thinking of attachment styles, and we've spoken a lot about that on my podcast, and... You know, we would call it the avoidance and 
Yes. And the anxious attachment mm-hmm. <coughs> being attracted to each other. I used to do wedding contracts, uh, Jewish wedding contracts for people. And I would interview the couple and say, tell me a little bit about your values and about your relationship. And I still remember there was one who had a distance or pursuer relationship. And they said, you know, I chased her, then she chased me, and I chased her. And they wanted me to capture that on on the contract, like in the illumination. Um, (laughs) It was pretty funny, actually. That is very (laughs) funny. That is really Um, adorable. I've never heard that before, but that is amazing. Because what's supposed to happen, Sandy, is you're supposed to become an operator, and you're supposed to borrow from each other and neutralize each other. So the distancer becomes more of the pursuer and the pursuer becomes more of the distancer Mm -hmm. and they neutralize each other because actually behind every pursuer is a distancer and behind every distancer is a pursuer. So if you're a woman and Mm. you picked a distancer husband or a distant boyfriend, you can bet your bottom dollar that you are a distancer at heart as well. And if a and if a man mm-hmm. is a distancer and he's picking a pursuer, he he's a pursuer at heart because he wants to connect. Also, yeah, it's it's a fascinating thing. I think that we bring so many walls because of pain, and it just shuts people down. And right, I um, I see this all the time. So I think that the I encourage women to make make first moves in general, and especially when it comes to connection and to. Um, emotional connection, like really relational um, intelligence is something that women do better than men. So Very know, true, and I'm, I'm going to use my husband's mind when I met him, right, because that's how my smart heart skills got developed is my courtship with him because he was very frightened to make a commitment. And I used to ask him, okay, so how are you feeling? And he said, if I knew, I would tell you. So you know, the whole thing with the smart heart skills and dialogue that I wrote comes actually from my parents' marriage where, you know, my father was a cheater and he cheated for 25 years and the next 25 he did not. And they developed the smart heart skills and dialogue and they worked on their intimacy issues and they really worked through their power struggle to get to real life love. So between learning that love can conquer all instead of fear and watching my parents and then also during my courtship, uh, my husband and I, when we were dating, I mean, every time he got scared, he would tell me, and we would talk about it, and I would hold his hand rather than him running. So this is the whole thing about if you have a distancer that is afraid of commitment, whether and you're married. I mean, most of my married people that I see have commitment issues. Even though they're married, it doesn't mean that you're commitment-free. So when you have mm-hmm. that issue, it's great to have a safe place, and that's what I teach people, a safe place to share this. The important thing to remember, though, is that men cannot handle more than between 30 seconds and 10 minutes of a talk. And that is a mistake a lot of women make that are married or single because men are allergic to our emotional uh, upset. And they are really allergic to any emotionality that we have. And so they will walk out of the room where they'll shut down. But if you can do it in little snippets and you can help them without blame and shame, and help them to understand uh, what my husband said, if I knew what I felt, I would tell you. So the smart heart dialogue is to get them to be able to talk about it. So, like, if a man doesn't call you for, like, you know, I don't know, it could be a week, it could be two weeks, and you know you had a fabulous time, I'm always remembering 
this date I had, Sandy, where we had a wonderful time. We stayed out till 2 in the morning just talking. We had such a great uh, connection. And he didn't call me for three weeks. So I finally decided to call him, and I said, you know, is it something I said? Is it something I did? I was just trying to figure out what happened. I thought we had a great connection. And he said, I thought I could probably fall in love with you. And that's what gave Mm. me stopping a relationship before it starts. He was scared. But I think that, you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of times when women uh, get rejected, or like when you're, even your husband is not talking to you, you know, he's watching television, he's not speaking to you. I think that if you don't show anger, which is hard to do, but you show understanding and mm-hmm. love and try to get the person to talk about what's going on. And I actually have a couple of um, actual dialogues that I give to people and so that they can kind of use, okay. you know, there's like a typical one. Um, where the person is holding back, uh, and the person, like you said it, and you said it so well, Sandy, about being vulnerable. I mean, that's what love's all about. You need a lot of courage to love, and most mm-hmm. of us run away from it because we're so scared we're going to get either abandoned or suffocated, and it's actually harder the right. way to do it. So there's, there's a dialogue that I give people to help the person. It's usually the distancer that's, needs to be made accountable for for his fear and for taking that relationship risk. And so one of the things that you can say to somebody is, you know, you may be holding back to protect yourself so that if it ends, it won't be so hard on you. And our relationship has hardly begun. Why stop it before it starts? And how about taking the risk? Mm -hmm. It too. How about taking it with me? And, you know, oh, I remember this, and I, I, like I tell my patients this because this is a really strong one. Um, I was dating my husband about three months. We had the most beautiful weekend together. We, it, we were in nature. We were hiking. And it's, it's when you feel the closest to somebody that they usually then run away because it's scary for both people. I still remember what mm-hmm. I was wearing. I still remember where we walked. And it was a Sunday night. And my my husband, who I was dating, I called it the pumpkin syndrome. He would have the pumpkin syndrome like Cinderella. You know, he would have to leave because he was started getting really (laughs) nervous about the closeness and the connection. And he said something to me like, you know, I could probably never fall in love with you, and I think you're falling in love with me, and I don't want to hurt you. Uh, So now that could have been a breakup, right, Sandy? That could have been a perfect Mm -hmm. breakup. It turned out to be a makeup. That's actually why I wrote the book, Makeup, Don't Breakup, because <laughs> in that instance, I could have made or, or, or break or make this relationship. I just said to him, I'm a big girl. I could take care of myself. I don't know how I feel about you, but why don't we just take it one step at a time and enjoy the moment and not think about where is this relationship going, but just enjoy each other. And he told me... Mm-hmm. That was the turning point for him because he was so afraid of the pressure of having to make a commitment. And this is a guy, true story, we were living together for a year. I mean, granted, we didn't have one place, but every night I would be at his place or he would be at my place. And one day the phone rang with my friend. She was in Europe. He said, hey, how are you guys doing? And I said, oh, great, we're living together. And my husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time, (laughs) 
he turned white, Sandy. I mean, white. And I yeah. said, what's going on? And he goes, we're living together? And I said, we're not? So this is <laughs> Of how we're pursuing a distance on two different pages. And I said to him, if you don't want to think we're living together, it's no problem. And he said, well, how, how could you say we're living together? He said, I don't have anything at your house. I don't have a drawer. He says, everything that I have, my toothbrush, everything, my jeans, my pajamas, everything's in the trunk of my car. And it's true that he used to keep everything in the trunk of the car, not even a toothbrush, because that made him feel that he wasn't living with me. So... This is mm-hmm. an example, but I helped him to make him feel safe. Now, the question is, is it scary? Yes. I mean, my heart was pounding when he said, I'll never fall in love with you. And I probably, you know, won't, and I don't want to hurt you, but you're starting to fall for me. And, of course, your heart mm-hmm. pounds. But you know what? If you think of this person almost like you would a girlfriend, like a friend that you want to help and not take it personally, and really think, is this person worth it? And if this person is worth it, help them. And try not to take it personally and get angry, but get them to talk about what it is that's going on for them. So we have these, like, you know, little snippets that we can say, uh, and it works for, for married women too. And if you're taking the pressure off this person, I mean, that is so important. For, for instance, like I had... Uh, somebody who they had a first date and she hadn't heard from him for a long time. And she called him back and she said to him, per my smart heart dialogue, you're a terrific, handsome guy. I'm just curious, what happened on your end? And you have to make sure you're not angry or use any kind of tone. And he'll probably say, I don't know, because that's a typical distancer <laughs> response is, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Right. I'm not really sure why. And then you can say, why don't we just see what happens? Why don't we take the journey? And you can do the same thing if your husband is a little distant or you think something's bothering him. You know, you know don't say what's wrong because I'll say I don't know. Just say I just want mm-hmm. you to know that I'm here for you and I'm just trying to reach out for you, um, reach out to you and, and help you to find your way because – you, you seem like something's wrong or you're a little distracted. Is there anything that I can do? And maybe if we sit down and we talk for 10 minutes, you know, you'll be able to get to that point. And then, like, another mm-hmm. example of, that. A, of um, a dialogue would be you had a first date, you're moving forward, and you know that this person doesn't want to see you or this person is stuck. So the person, you know, the woman can say something like, you know, it looks to me like, I mean, I know you told me you were just coming out of a relationship. So, you know, we can either move forward or we can just see what happens or we can stop seeing each other. I'm okay with that. You know, you can call me back when you're more ready if you feel like you want to. And I'll leave the door open, but I'm not waiting. So you're making that person feel Mm -hmm. more secure and not pushed but you're letting that person know you're not sitting around waiting because that scares guys too. Okay. And even if you're married, you can do, I call it a brush with death. If you think your husband is taking you for granted, which happens very often, women take men for granted also, you go away for a weekend or an overnight, but not with anger. uh, And the person sends for themselves and they usually miss you. 
but you don't go away for the weekend and leave like, you know, uh, four pints of soup and take everything out and make everything ready. And, you know, you let the person realize that there's an empty space and a vacuum. And that brush with death has Mm -hmm. many couples from getting divorced or couples that could have broken up to make up by doing a brush with death. My mother did it. I did it with my uh, husband who I was dating when he couldn't make a commitment eventually. And my mother did it with my father who was cheating for 25 years. She finally got the courage to leave him. And not only did he come back, he got the help that he needed and I got that call from my mother one day, and she said, in our golden years, we're so happy. And I said, I said, Mom, I'm so sorry that you had 25 years of hell. And she said, well, without the hell, I wouldn't have had the heaven. She said, we really understood. Uh-huh. She said, I also had intimacy issues. That's why I picked him. So it's not, you know, if you're going to mm-hmm. blame your partner, look, look at yourself, because you picked that person for a reason. We're supposed to pick someone who challenges us in the way that we need to be, and you do your best growing from a relationship. That's when you can find mm-hmm. out about yourself. But most, you. you know, getting rid of a person doesn't get rid of a problem most of the time. You take yourself with you. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm actually about to launch a five-day challenge about um, how, to pick, how to fix your broken picker. Um, and I pulled my Facebook group and I said, what's your biggest challenge in dating? And, and the broken picker was the top one. And because people keep picking the same type of person or they, you know, they pick somebody with big red flags and they miss them. And we have to take responsibility for what we're doing because it's always a two-way street. And it's, it's the best school of relationships is to actually be in dating and relationships. That's how you learn about yourself. That's how you learn about the people you're with and, So much of what you're saying, it resonates so much. And I I had a conversation today with a client who we were talking about being really authentic with men. And so much of the dating advice out there is about how to be coy and hook a guy and manipulate. And it drives me crazy. I know. know, Me too, because I, I see people that have been to, you know, four other therapists who said, what are you doing? Why are you making the first move if he really wants you? He's going to want you. I mean, mm-hmm. men are afraid. I mean, it's obvious that they're afraid. So it's, nothing's going right. to work. But I think it's so true what you're saying that we are going to make the same mistake. So, you know, just because you get rid of someone doesn't mean you get rid of your problem. And that is why we ask people to really, really try to take the masks off when you're dating or even when you're living with someone or you're married. And I do mm-hmm. have some about when to let someone go or when to hang in. And because I feel that most relationships can be saved, uh, especially marriages or engagements, mm-hmm. and many of the single people that discard people uh, because they don't understand what's going on, not only for themselves but for the other person. And most relationships mm-hmm. you can get through if you feel safe enough to talk to the other person. But there are times... Right, you need safety. Right. And the safety comes from the smart, hard skills and dialogue that I teach people because you can't just communicate. You have to do it in a safe mm-hmm. way because this, people don't know how to safely do it. And I can't tell you how many women get upset with me when I say, you have to make these phone calls. You have to make the conversation. Why do I have to do all the work? Because you're the guardian of connection. And it's important. We're not playing yeah. games, not manipulating we're working as a team, like a shareholder in the company. 
So when should you mm-hmm. let go? When should you hang in? You should hang in if he makes movement towards you. If he's willing to work on the smart heart skills and dialogue, he's willing to look at his distancing and closeness fears and doesn't get mad at you for bringing them up. He's willing to spend more time with you, and this is if you're married, and he validates your needs and feelings, even if they're different than his. And mm-hmm. even if he doesn't want to get serious, he's what I call connectable by instruction, and especially if you're married, that person needs to learn how to feel safe, how to make you feel safe. When do you let go? If he makes you feel invisible. That's worse than rejection. He doesn't spend enough time mm-hmm. with you. He makes excuses about why he can't. Uh, he texts you more than he sees you, even if he's, you're married to that person. It happens all the time. And I think texting is a, is, is a, is a romance wrecker of any relationship. And I think it's mm-hmm. a for people to text during the day. If you text, he's not going to see you. If you're married, he's not going to talk to you at night. Don't text. Don't call each other. Look forward to seeing the person at the end of the week if you're dating or if you're married. It's a big, it's a big problem. If, he's, if he puts you last on the priority list, doesn't meet your needs, tries to guilt you about any needs that you have, is dishonest and won't work on the relationship, refuses to work on it, and that is one of the reasons that you should let go. Now, obviously, we all know if there's any emotional or physical abuse, you have to let go. I was just talking to a patient yesterday. I said, why are you protecting him? You're telling me that he's wonderful when he's not drinking, but he's drinking most of the time. So you can't judge him on how mm-hmm. he is when he's not drinking. He has to get help, and there is help for alcoholism. It's a disease. But <coughs> stay with someone yeah. and protect them. Uh, because you're hiding behind that. And it turns out the person was protecting him because she was afraid of admitting that she really does need to let him go because he won't get help. Yeah. Yeah, I see this all the time in my Facebook group. There was one woman, I met an amazing guy, just, and so all of his amazingness is not going to be important anymore because he wasn't getting help. He wasn't admitting he had a problem. And they're just beginning dating. And so you see this all the time. There's this giant red flag. The person is emotionally abusive, you know. Yep. Really emotionally abusive. But he's such a great guy. No, he's not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I had, a, I had a, something happen yesterday. It was a, a man that I'm, I'm here in Israel for the last three weeks. Um, my daughter lives here. And I am working in the afternoons and helping her in the mornings. And there was a guy who I connected with before I left to go to Israel. And we were supposed to get together. And then he kept saying, I'm going to call you and not call. And he didn't call. And this was going on for two weeks. And finally, I just, I just said, he apologized and made a bunch of excuses. And there was a part of me that just didn't even want to address it. I was just like, whatever, I don't care. He's showing me he doesn't follow through. I don't care. And it was a part of me that also thought, this is a good guy. I don't think he's doing it because he's a, he's a jerk. And I reached out to him yesterday, and I just said, listen, it's hard for me to trust that your that your words and actions match. And uh, but I really I think you're a good guy. I just want it, I want you to know that it's hard for me to believe that you're going to call when you say you will. And I was looking forward to talking to you or something like that. He immediately went to pick up the phone. That's perfect. <laughs> we had a great conversation. Perfect, Sandy, the way you did that. Mm. Because 
You see how you well, did that? You didn't blame and shame anger. him, but you told him how you felt, and you gave no. him a chance, and you told him he's a good guy. It's similar to one of the dialogues I just gave you. You know, you're a handsome guy, you're a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're giving him the opening yep. what's wrong, but you see, they don't know what's wrong. So if you didn't make that call, he never, he would never get in touch with what was going on with him. So you're exactly. helping him. And he said to me, look, I am, he said, I'm a stand-up guy. And I said, no, I believe that. Hmm. And he said, but there's a... There's a, a lot going on in my life right now, and I said, I get that, and I hope that, you know, that stress is alleviated soon. And I have to tell you that if you just told me there's a lot going on and it's going to be hard for me to talk, that would have worked better for me. And yeah. he said, you're right. You're absolutely right. And so it's just, you know, you know your standards and you, and you communicate them. Then a person who's a good person is going to step forward, and I actually heard from him today. He's going to make an effort to come and see me. Um, later this week. <laughs> so, that's mm-hmm. beautiful because you set but the boundary, but you let him know that it wasn't okay, yeah. that he has to really be accountable. That's my big thing with people. You need to make these guys yeah. accountable if you're married or single because they have no clue. And my husband always said, hey, look, I'm not trying to excuse this, but we really have no clue. He said, you guys are the guardian of connection. That was the vows that he, my husband wrote when we were married. He said, you women have the communication skills, hopefully we can be open to learning them. And my husband was really happy to learn them because he failed in his first marriage because he didn't know what he was doing. And he said, I didn't know what Mm -hmm. I was doing. I wasn't communicating, and she was a distancer too. She wasn't communicating. I'm willing to learn. As long as you have someone, and Sandy, he sounds like he's connectable by instruction, this guy. As long as they're willing to learn, and, and he said to you, I get it. And he didn't defend himself, and he didn't blame you. He got it, and then his action showed it. So don't listen to the words. Look at the movement. And that movement uh-huh. is he made a move towards you because he thought you were worth it. Yep. And not only that, he respected you. And that's what my husband always said. He said, yep. I respected you in the beginning when you called me on when I was scared. He said, I, he says, all the uh-huh. other women, I left, and we all broke up. When I said something like I said to you that I could never fall in love with you, I respected that you said, I'm a big girl. You're not going to crush me. I'll take a chance. That's what mm-hmm. love is. That's what relationships yeah. Yeah. So they respect you. They're not mad at you. But you're also doing it in a dignified, respectful way and letting them know you're there to help because everyone is afraid. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone that is not afraid to love. And it's such a beautiful thing, and it takes so much courage, but it's worth it. It is so worth it, and it's scary to tell. So, um, and it's scary at the same this has time. It's amazing. But, you know, if yes, you talk about the fear, and, and that's why I wrote the book, because my husband and I talked about the fear. And when you talk about it, yeah. you don't have to act out the running away. But when you talk about mm-hmm. it, it's got to be short-lived. You've got to put a lot of fun into the relationship. A lot of women talk the relationship or the marriage to death because the guy is avoiding it. And he's avoiding it because he can't take more right. than 10 minutes at a time without time out. Yeah, yeah. These are skills, and, and they are the most essential skills to me of anything you can learn about relationships. So I, I'm so glad you're doing this work. And I know you have an amazing gift for our audience. So can you tell us what it is? Yes. I have a free video uh, that I'd love for everybody to look at. And you're going to see on this video the one thing that you can do every day. It's just 30 seconds, married or single that will bond you and your man for a lifetime of loyalty. 
and your partner will fall oh. back in love with you or fall in love with you if you do this. The exact words you will see to get your man or, or your partner to do whatever you want, even if he's been resistant, like my husband who didn't know we were living together. So these are like magic words, <laughs> the smart heart skills and dialogue. And so I put together a free video with real patience that goes a lot deeper so you can see how real couples solve tough issues. Some are married, some are not, some are single. And I have a 98% rate because of these transformational skills and dialogues that I developed with my husband while we were struggling. So it's important for you to know that everybody struggles. And it's okay to struggle because at the end of the struggling, and you'll see in the video, is real life love. So if there's dating, if there's commitment issues, if you want to get your husband back, your boyfriend back, or you want to start a relationship and you've been afraid because you've been hurt so many times, you can look at this video and you could click on and you can actually find out what's going on inside a man's head and also what's going on inside a woman's head so you understand yourself better. And so this video is at www.doctor, spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, Bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E, dot com, slash, free videos. So that's www.drbonnie, D-O-C-T-O-R, B-O-N-N-I-E, dot com, slash, free videos. And I actually like to answer questions. I, I like it better than email because it's more personal. If anybody has a question they want to ask me, they can call the 212-606-3787. That's 212-606-3787. I like to hear the inflection of the voice. And I also do a makeup, don't break up, little mini breakthrough session if somebody really wants to understand and know if they're on the right track. Um, just so I could help. Uh, if Some people read the book, Makeup, Don't Break Up, and then they say, well, you know, this is good, but this is what's happening to me. And usually there's some variation, so it's always good just to get a fresh uh, outlook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this, this really helpful information with our audience, and I, I hope people get your free gift and contact you because this is essential work. So thank you for doing this beautiful work, Bonnie. Thank you, Sandy. And my website is www.doctor.com if they have anything they want to say to me or anything. And thank you, Sandy. It was wonderful working with someone that uh, believes in love and, and vulnerability and believes in sharing the information and not playing games and manipulating Thank you for giving me the opportunity to help people today. Uh, you're welcome. And thank you, everybody, for listening today. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye.